0: This is my Bible, it is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. so I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. Three Sundays ago, Sue and I were out of town visiting Derek and Christina Hill. And their daughters and Austin began a new series. And we're calling this series, Miracles of the New Testament. One of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price, taught us that when we read the Bible, we should look for patterns and principles. And he said, once you see a pattern, once you see a principle in the word of God, you can implement that principle in your own life to get results. And once you implement that principle in your own life and you receive an answer from God, thereby proving it is true and that it works, you can repeat that process over and over and over because God's word is true and because God's word works for anyone who will take time to work the word of God. Now, right there, there's a little mental resistance. I don't know why, because you work words from other sources. They say ivermectin doesn't do anything, so you believe that. Cursin doesn't do anything, you believe that. Now they're saying exercise is racist. I mean, we live in the dumbest generation that has ever inhabited the planet. So we, we take action on all kinds of words from all kinds of people. Uh, any, anybody ever take advice from a brother-in-law? Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. You're too ashamed to admit it. <laughs> we, we, we take advice and action based on all kinds of words from all kinds of places. So why is it wrong? I've had people fall out with me about this when I would say the word works for anyone who will work the word. Well, that's just kind of mercenary. Well, what did he give it to us for? I said, what did he give it to us for? We had a, uh, I don't do anything to save the planet. I could care less. But I, I do do things to save money. And so in our house, we have a lot of motion switches, timer switches, things like that. And one of the timer switches died. And so I bought a new one, and a man in the church came and swapped out and put in this new timer switch. And, you know, I've had these for a dozen years. And so, of course, I'm a genius. I'm an expert. I know all about it. But I just couldn't get that blasted thing to work. And... Every morning I would come into the kitchen and I would think, what in the world? And I would go through the whole process again and reprogram the whole thing again. And this went on for about a week. So when I was completely exasperated and didn't know what to do, what do you suppose I did then? I got out the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and and I had... I had the program to turn on was program one, and then the program to turn off was program one. So, of course, the last time I programmed program one was off, and it just was off all the time. And look, that's the way I see the word of God. This is the word of God. And if we have trouble in our marriage, if we have trouble in our child rearing, if we have trouble in our home, if we have trouble in our money, if we have trouble in our body, why don't we just be smarter than I was with that timer switch and go to the word of God first instead of going to the word of God last and see what God's word has to say. So what we're going to do in 2023 is walk through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. If God's people could learn to look for and then apply the principles and patterns they see in the miracles of the New Testament, they could live out their entire lives and hardly have a need. Austin and I did a series in 2019, we called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And in that series, we pointed out how many miracles in the Bible involved A principle, Kenneth Hagin, the one who went to be with the Lord in 2003, called, Say It, Do It. Someone says something, someone does something, and a miracle follows. It is amazing how many times you see this pattern in the Bible, and this morning is one. Here it is, the second miracle in the New Testament from John chapter 4, beginning in verse 43. Jesus heals an official son at Capernaum in Galilee. John 4, 43, after the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they had also been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Now, I want you to have a mental picture of what's going on here. This is not a nobody. This is a royal official, And his son is not just sick. His son is near death. And Jesus' fame had begun to spread. So he comes and he begs Jesus to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless, verse 48, Jesus speaking, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Again, of course, he's distraught. The child's not just sick. The child's near death. And a second time, he says, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go. Your son will live. That's it. That's all you're getting. You may go. Your son will live. Now, let's deal with the issue in John 4:48. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, You will never believe. Many people today are going from church to church to church and going from revival to revival to revival waiting for someone to push them down or someone to throw bird feathers in the air or somebody to throw gold-like fake dust around the room or someone to challenge them to drink anointing oil, anything, I said anything to get them healed and get them well except believing, confessing, and taking action on the written word of God. One night during the 2019 Holy Week revival, the Lord said to me, many people want to see miracles, but they don't want to hear about what they must do to receive a miracle. Now let that sink in. Many people, he said, want to see miracles, but they don't want to hear about what they must do to receive miracles. And I would say this morning, as we begin 2023, don't have that mentality. It's the difference between giving you a fish versus teaching you how to fish. In this series, we're teaching what you must do to receive miracles. You know, one of the most productive things we've done in the last seven days, last night, we watched Oral Roberts in the tent, Salem, Oregon, 1957. And he said, to receive a miracle, you must expect a miracle. And that sounds so simple, it almost sounds trite. Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003 used to say, turn the switch of faith on and leave it switched on. A lot of people, they just want to, you know, k-sarah-sarah. they just wanna live their life and not put any thought or time or effort into the results of their life and then when, <clears throat> when a problem appears, have somebody pray with them, lay hands on them or whatever it is, but we have a part to play. We've been dealing, this, we've been dealing with this for maybe six or eight weeks on Wednesday nights, and this whole thing out of Mark eleven twenty two to 24, verse 24, and, and when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What was Jesus talking about? Having an attitude of expectancy. Hallelujah. And so Oral Roberts said, if you want a miracle, you must expect a miracle. And in this series, we're teaching what you must do to receive miracles. Many people run around looking for more faith or signs or wonders, but they never receive and their lives and circumstances never change. Don't be like that. Instead, like in one of the testimonies, Sue read, take action, take action, take action, and you can walk in the miraculous every day of your life. So have eyes to see, have ears to hear, and take action on God's word. This is why Jesus said in John 4:48, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. We can, by believing God's word, by confessing God's word, and by taking action on God's word, participate, or let me say it this way, precipitate a miracle. What does the word precipitate mean? To cause, to trigger, to hasten, to accelerate, to expedite, to advance, or to quicken. And by following this pattern, we see all over the Bible, you can do that with signs and wonders and miracles. You can write your own ticket with God, you can precipitate the miracle you need from God, if you will follow this pattern that precedes miracles all through the Bible. In this series, we're just dealing with the New Testament, but you see it all through the Bible. Say it, do it, receive it, and tell it. Like the Spirit of God said on, I think it was December 21 on a Wednesday night, twice. If you count it done, it will be done. The issue is in John 4, 48. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Remember Thomas? He said, unless I see the nail holes in his hands and the the, uh, spear hole in his side, I will not believe. And when he was in the room when Jesus appeared, I think it was the second time, and he saw the nail pierced hands and he saw the spear hole in his side, he believed. And Jesus said, You saw and believed, but more blessed are those who have never seen and yet believe. Well, guess what? That's you and me. Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Amen. So don't be a sign seeker. Don't be a I'll believe it when I see it Christian. Instead, believe now, take action on the word of God now, take action on the word of God and you will see God move in your life. God said by His Spirit, here's, here it is in my notes. I was correct, December 21. He said it twice if you count it done, it will be done. So the issue is this sign seeking versus action taking. This is it. This is it. And I see this as the difference between traditional Pentecostalism and what we're doing at Faith Christian Center sign seeking versus action taking so here it is will you take God at his word and I'll tell you what we're coming down our choices are being limited in every way and we're coming to the point where we're going to have to learn how to walk by faith I said we're coming to the point where we're going to have to learn how to walk by faith amen So will you take God at his word and will you take action on what God has said? Will you take God at his word and will you take action on what God has said? Because Jesus said in John 4, 48, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. And then Jesus said in verse 50, look at verse 50, Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. Now, Jesus could have been criticized for this. And I think in 2023, he absolutely most certainly would be criticized for this. In John 4, 47, it says, when this royal official, an important man, heard that Jesus had arrived from Galilee, from Judea, he went to him and begged him, begged him. Every mom and dad in the place understands this and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And then we read where he asked a second time, come. and he'll, my son he's close to death then in verse 49 the royal official said sir come down before my child dies so there there is an an immediacy to this request it is a pressing situation and he's a, a royal official he's not just some 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 nobody yet Jesus didn't go with the man to pray for his son Jesus didn't do anything special he didn't do anything spectacular he didn't do anything showy look now this is strong. <laughs> it, it is, but we may as well get the year started off right. Amen, amen. Do you want something showy? Do you want something spectacular? Do you want something special? Or do you want an answer? Amen. I want the answer. Amen. I want I want I want to see evidence of God in my life on every hand and my body and my family and my home and my money and my work and my labor and everything I put my hand to. Now Jesus could have been criticized for this yet Jesus didn't go with the man to pray for his son. No Daniel fast, no GoFundMe account, no social media outreach for a mass prayer of agreement, no anointing oil to drink, No bird feathers or fake gold dust to sprinkle. Not even an offer to go and pray for the boy. Just a word from the Lord. A rhema Christos. An anointed spoken word from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said, verse 50, you may go. Your son will live. Listen, they're doing everything they can to mess up everything and to limit our options on everything. I'm so old. Say, how old are you, Pastor? I remember when I could buy the light bulbs I wanted. I remember when I could buy the automobile I wanted. I mean, they are, they are honing down and limiting choices I mean, it's coming to a funnel. So let me ask you again, will you take God at his word? Will you take God at his word? Will you take action on what God has said? Because Jesus said, you may go, your son will live. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. How monstrous it would be to take action on what he said on that day monstrous monstrous how many of you here this morning have children let me see your hands if you have children you understand what I'm talking about it would be monstrous to take him at his word and go home Jesus said it number two do it the royal official did it see Jesus said it what are you going to do then Well, that's not enough. I need special treatment. I'm a royal official. I'm a VIP. I need uh, something special. I need something showy. But the royal official did it. Verse 50, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. That's it. Listen, you know, this is the bomb. That is what people don't want to hear. He took Jesus at his word, and he went on his way. And friends, there it is. And that is what we don't do. We want to show, or here it is, we want sympathy. As long as you are looking for sympathy, you are not in faith. I'll bet there's not a week goes by, I don't hear a story and say to Sue at the house, I feel sorry for them, I feel sorry for people, but me feeling sorry for people has never helped anybody get out of any kind of a situation. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be healed than have sympathy. I'd rather have no death than have sympathy. I'd rather have money than have sympathy. I, I know that for sure. I'd rather have money than sympathy. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd rather have an answer from the Lord than sympathy. Amen. We want a show or we want sympathy or we want someone to come over to our house. You know, I used to do things when we were young and pioneering. But over time, you just realize there's no point to it. I remember, you know, we're at the hotel. We're trying to build numbers. You know, we're trying to, you know, get this thing moving. And there was a woman come came to the hotel church, you know, a few times. And she, somebody said, she's sick. She wants you to come pray for her. Now in 2023, you know, that would just go in one ear and out the other. But back then, you know, I was young. We're pioneering. And and we didn't have any help. And so I, I go over there by myself and I knock on the door, no answer. I knock on the door. She's supposed to be sick. She's supposed to be at home. Finally, I hear somebody say, Come in. And I go in there. Listen, that living room was such a trashy, junky mess, Tarzan himself could have got hurt in there. <laughs> Pizza boxes. Empty Dorito bags. Somebody had been bringing her McDonald's, Taco Bell, God knows what. It's just all scattered everywhere. Well, of course she's sick. I said, of course she's sick. Amen. So, you know, I learned as time went by that I cannot help anybody who is not willing to take action to help themselves. Can you see that? And so... Jesus gave him a word. And any word from Jesus in, back in those days, right, would have been a rhema Christos. Right. And so this man just took Jesus at his word. And then he took action on what Jesus had said. And this is, this is what precipitates a miracle, but it's exactly what we don't want to do. Or if we had been the royal official, we might have have wanted extra special attention because we were a VIP, a very important person. But the anointing of God doesn't work like that. I said the anointing of God doesn't work like that. You understand it doesn't matter if you think you're a VIP or not compared to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a bug. We see the exact same thing with Naaman the leper in 2 Kings 5. He wanted special attention from the man of God, Elisha. But Elisha showed him no special attention. Listen, listen to me now. It is ridiculous the way preachers suck up to politicians. When Jacob met Pharaoh, Pharaoh did not bless Jacob. It was either two or three times, Jacob blessed Pharaoh. If somebody is a man of God, they don't need to go get blessed by a politician. Amen. This thing of showing people special attention because they're a celebrity or because they're famous. Or because, and I don't even understand why some people are famous anymore. You know? Showing them special attention because they're a politician. And just like Jesus said, Elisha spoke a word of the Lord to Naaman the leper. Told him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. An anointed spoken word from Elisha the prophet. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. Then Jesus replied, John 4.50, you may go, your son will live. And Naaman, you remember, got offended. Then later, at the exhortation of his servant, changed his mind and went and did. Here, the royal official did not get offended. He just immediately took action on Jesus' instructions because the word says in John 4, 50, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. There it is. And that is exactly what we don't do. We don't take God at his word and leave it. Count it done and it shall be done. Remember though, just like Peter and Andrew and James and John working all night fishing and catching nothing and Jesus coming along and saying, let down your nets for a catch, this made no sense. The boy's sick, the boy's sick near unto death. It made no sense to hear this rabbi, this teacher, this prophet say, you may go, your son will live and then to take action on it and to believe it. See, our job is to say and do what Peter said and did in Luke chapter five. Simon answered, Master, we've worked our hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, I don't know if you're quiet because you don't like the message, or if you're hungover from eating, but I'm telling you, this is the bomb right here. This is the bomb. This message is it. This is the bomb. This is exactly what we do not do. And that is take God at his word. It's on my mind every seven days. Nothing I can do about it. I think back every, every, every seven days, I'm thinking about it. People we knew when we started out, people we knew when we got married, Pastors we knew when we started out, people we knew, people we went to school with, people we went to seminary with, people we went to Bible school with. It's on my mind every seven days. And how they don't have much. We got a Christmas card from a wonderful man, spent his whole life trying to build a legacy church, but it's gone. Has life's work's gone. It's on my mind every seven days. And I know that Satan would try and have people believe, well, so and so special. Look, there's no special in the kingdom of God. What makes us special is faith. Faith makes the average man a giant. Faith makes the average man a conqueror. Faith makes the average man a superstar. Faith makes the average man a superman. And so we just took God at his word, and there were some challenges and some bumps, and there were plenty of failures along the way. But every time we got chastised, every time we got our backsides whipped, every time we suffered a defeat, we we didn't look for other alternatives. We said to ourselves, there must be something in the word of God we're missing. There must be some principle. There must be some pattern in the word of God that we haven't seen yet. And we would direct our attention, not to men, not to ideologies or philosophies or opinions. We would redirect our attention back to the word of God and we would look for our answer there. And when we found our answer there, we would take God at his word and we would count it done and we would rest in the Lord. Hallelujah. And all these decades have passed, and I look around, and, you know, I, I, I can feel bad about it, but there's no virtue in feeling bad about being a success. Amen. Amen. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord is in the Word of God. Amen. We said Wednesday night that you cannot believe God any further than your knowledge of the Word of God. So our job is to say and do what Peter said and did in Luke chapter 5. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, because you say so, I will let down the nets. Why? Because God has a part to play, but you and I also have a part to play. And our part is the obedience part. I may be the only minister, and then Austin at 11, we may be the only ministers in the United States of America on January 1, 2023, that have the word obedience in a sermon. But listen, this, <laughs> this is how we did all of this. Hallelujah, Every day, every day I get up and I say, What a privilege, what an honor it is to know you. What a privilege, what an honor it is to serve you. What a privilege, what an honor it is to obey you. People don't want to hear about obedience. Look, this is how we got blessed. Hallelujah. Because if you take him at his word, you're going to have to do some stuff. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything but because you say so. Say it out loud five times. Because you say so. 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 Well, see, you're going to be be tested in that in the offering. Well, I just don't think. (laughs) My, 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 my. I don't want to live with the results of my thinking. I want word of God results. Hallelujah. I want God results. Because God has a part to play, but you and I also have a part to play. If they had not obeyed, I'm talking about Luke chapter 5, the miraculous catch of fish. If they had not obeyed, they would not have caught that net breaking, boat sinking, catch of fish in obedience to the Lord's command. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. John four fifty. This is exactly what Peter did in Luke 5. He heard the word. He believed the word and he acted on the word of God. This is exactly what the widow of Zarephath did in 1 Kings 17. She heard the word. She believed the word. She acted on the word of God. This is exactly what Jehoshaphat did. 2 Chronicles 20. He read the word, he heard the word, he believed the word, and he acted on the word of God. This is exactly what the 10 lepers did in Luke 17. They heard the word, they believed the word, and they acted on the word. Jesus said it, and the royal official did it. You're so quiet, so I'm going to throw down. I think the the worst criticism I ever got in my life, I believe it was the last time Bud Sickler was with us and he looked terrible. We're sitting in the office before we go out to the service and Sue said, Bud, you look terrible. And he said, well, he said the last night before he flew out of Nairobi, he spent the night at a certain hotel and ordered room service and they bring him spaghetti with tomato sauce, or maybe it was meat sauce, and he said, it didn't taste right, but he thought, it takes so long to get food service, and I gotta go to bed, I gotta get up, make this flight, and he said, so I just ate it, and he said it was bad, and he said, and then I flew to London, and then I flew to the United States, and he said, so I've got food poisoning, and on top of that, I got jet lag, and Sue perked up, she said, bud, we discovered this, the answer, for, for jet lag and he said what's that she said the Concord 3 hours and 15 minutes those days are gone forever and uh, so Bud preached that night you know I had a church offering we had praise and worship I had a church offering Bud spoke then I had a missions offering for Bud and we're, we're done it's all done but something on the inside of me told me we're not done I stood back up and I told this quick story, and I said, wouldn't it be great if, uh, if we could send Bud Sickler back home on the Concord? And we received another offering just for him to go home on the Concord. And this lady, man, she just tore into me in the foyer of the little church up there at I-30. Man, just, I mean, as mean and as nasty as I've ever been spoken to in my entire life. How she had never witnessed such a ill use of God's people and a waste of God's money and all of that. But that was the last time. That, uh, that, that man pioneered 7,000 churches. Amen. And what did the critic ever do? 7,000 churches. An apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the last time he crossed that Atlantic, he crossed it on a concord. He was a pilot, and it was the dream of his life to fly the Concorde. I didn't know that. And, and I don't know what it was, $3,000. It was lunch money. And, uh, and the, the amount that came in was, I mean, it was within $50 of what the difference was on the ticket. It was all God. So that would have been 90, 98, 99, and then fast forward 20 years. And we're flying private to Miami. See, I throw these hand grenades out I just to that. see if Satan's here. You see that? And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to go to sleep. I was trying to sleep on planes. I'm trying to go to sleep and I said, I, I silent prayer, I said, thank you, Father God for your kindness to an old man to allow me to not deal with TSA and all of that nonsense and the masquerade and all of that. Thank you, Father God, for your kindness to an old man. And yet, he spoke to me very clearly. And he said, you are enjoying this today because of your act of kindness all those years ago to send my apostle across the Atlantic for the last time on the concord. Hallelujah! See, everybody wants the answer. Everybody wants the money. Everybody wants the healing. Everybody wants the answer. Everybody wants the blessing. But do you see how it's connected to obedience, and also in that illustration, there's 20-year lag, 20-year lag. See, and the problem is we can live in our 20s and make excuses, and we live in our 30s and make excuses, and we live in our 40s and make excuses, and then we get up to where maybe you know our metabol- metabolism is slowed down, and I don't know about you, but it takes more rest than it used to. And and if we haven't obeyed God in the early days, we don't have the harvest coming in in the latter days. Now while I'm saying this, the Lord is correcting me and saying that He is the God who restores the years the locusts have eaten, so you can board the train today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! And stop fooling around and stop giving God lip service and stop making excuses and go all in with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And begin to take action, not just on the written word of God, but begin to take action on the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said it and the royal official did it. Step number three, receive it. And the royal official's son received it. John 4, verse 50. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. So Jesus said it, the royal official did it, and the royal official's son received it. And step four is tell it. We don't have tell it in the miracle today, but the word of God does say in verse 53 then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and all his household believed. So he and all his household believed. Now, here's what is amazing about this historical account of Jesus' healing. This royal official son, even after lecturing the crowd about seeking signs and wonders before they believe, This man and his son indeed got a sign and a wonder, the healing of the royal official's son. That's so great, you say, well, you missed the whole thing. Jesus did not give this royal official a sign, wonder, and miracle, no. A thousand times no, this royal official precipitated his own miracle. And that's why we're in this series I don't care if it takes the whole year, what, what else have we got to do? But look at the miracles of the New Testament. This man, Jesus did not give this man a sign and a wonder. This man precipitated his own miracle by taking Jesus at his word. See, Jesus criticized the generation and said, this generation will not believe unless they see a sign, a wonder, or a miracle. He did not give this man a sign, a wonder, or a miracle. This man precipitated his own answer, precipitated his own miracle by taking Jesus at his word. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And I have literally spent my life trying to get God's people to take God at his word. Isn't that a funny thing to even say? I've spent my life trying to get God's people to take God at his word. What a funny thing to say. Isn't it obvious? We should, as believers, how many Christians do we have here this morning? Lift your hand up if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, shouldn't we automatically take God at his word? Yes. We know from those tax returns, That got released this week. That this president who said he was going to give all of his salary away. Did not do that. I don't think anybody's tax returns ought to be made public. But they're public. So now we find out that what he said did not line up with what he did. And yet how many Christians lost their minds. In faith, it is faith. Well, you know, so-and-so said, that's faith. Took him at his word. You, you ought to trust the Lord more because at least he hasn't been married three times. Take God at his word, take God at his word, take God at his word, take God at his word. You believe man all the time. I say, forget about that. How many of you have ever followed the navigation in your car and it completely messed you up? I got my hand up. I don't even want to ask, how many of you have ever cussed at the navigation in your car? (laughs) I got my hand up, but don't do it. <laughs> so we take man's word. We take some computer's word. Why can't we take God at his word? Why? How about, how about we do what Malachi says? How about we test God? How about we devote 2023 and take God at his word and see what God will do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just see what God will do. The man took Jesus at his word. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and maybe you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. See, that's taking God at his word because Jesus said you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said you must be born again. Revelation 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. And so this is the greatest privilege that could be exp- ex- extended to a human being, and that is the privilege and honor to have our sins washed away by the saving blood of Jesus of Nazareth, to be forgiven and to become the children of God but you have to believe the word. You've got to take action on it. How many this morning have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, personally and individually, but you'd like to do so this morning? If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I want to be included in this prayer. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. There may be others here this morning, you're backslidden, you're not living for the Lord. You, You told him you loved him and you meant it when you said it, you meant it when you prayed the prayer, but over the passing of time, you've gone back to the old lifestyle, the old habits, the old friends, and you're not living for the Lord like you used to. The word of God says in 1 John 1:9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. I want to recommit my life to God on this New Year's Day, 2023. That's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. How many others? This is it. And it's a great day. You'll never forget it. Well, it was New Year's, 2023. Everybody standing. If you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to gather your belongings in hand. That way you're not worried about your stuff. Just bring your stuff with you. Join me here at the front. If you raised your hand for either invitation, step boldly into the aisle and join me here at the front. You know, we have to not be ashamed. The world's not ashamed of all the crazy stuff they're doing, so we ought not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Anybody else you want to join us, you're free to join us. And those of you watching online, you're free to pray the prayer. Amen. God wants to bless. We don't know how much time we have left, but I know this. God wants to heal. God wants to save. God wants to bless. Amen. God wants to prove himself to this generation. Everybody in the room, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, God, I I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing, and I've lived for self. But today, I turn my life around by giving my life to you. And I'm, I'm just going to take you at your word. Because we know that we must believe that Father God raised Jesus from the dead. And we know that we must confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord. And Father God, I do believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I do confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Father, I give you my life from this day to my last day. And I thank you for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and in Jesus' holy family. Amen. Amen. If you would go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get some literature into your hands, be a blessing to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah.